You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. So I'm super excited for this week's episode because not only is it a two-parter, it's also probably one of my favorite interviews I've done for the podcast so far. And I think that has to do with one, because we forced the guests (laughs) to be on the show, but also because they've been a good friend of mine for many years, and I'm very excited for them to tell their story and their experiences in this industry. Today, we're sitting down with Jeremy, and he somewhat willingly (laughs) came on the podcast to share his experience as a cis male with an insider view of the sex industry. Jeremy's been working at the number five Orange Gentlemen's Club, or also known as the Five by the locals here in Vancouver, for 25 years approximately, and the majority of those last years has been occupying the role of the general manager. And I know dancers can sometimes hate on the management team, totally get it, but Jeremy is the furthest thing from that. He's honestly amazing. You guys are going to love him. The only downside to this episode is that... We got to do it in person, which is awesome, but it is a little quiet, so you guys might have to turn up the volume a little bit, but I promise you it is so worth it. You guys are going to love Jeremy and love this episode, so here you go. Okay, so how long have you been in the industry for? About 25 years. Okay, and what made you want to start in the industry? Uh, I didn't want to start in the industry. I worked <laughs> in other bars and restaurants, and a guy came in. I was working at Earl's as a busser, and this guy went, do you want to work at the number five orange? And flashes of naked women went through my head, <laughs> and I went, yes. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> Did you know what the job was when you said yes, or you're like, I'll fucking take anything? I thought it was just the same job, but around <laughs> naked women. A lot of naked women. <laughs> very far from the truth. Did you start at the number five as a manager, or did you no. just start? No, I was a busser, porter. Okay, so you I was going to art school, actually. I actually paid, through, paid for my art school. Through the strip club? Yeah. A classic story. A classic story. Paying your way through school at the strip club. How long have you been a manager there? 11, 12 years. Okay. Well, so you moved up pretty slowly. Are you sure? You, you don't <laughs> seem sure? Literally, it's like a blur. No, I think it's that long. Yeah. It's definitely that long, but it could be long. Hmm. Okay. So... Being the strip club for like 25 years, I assume you've seen some changes happen in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have been the biggest changes, both positive and negative, you've seen in the strip club scene? Uh, well, definitely with the Wild West when I started. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was very rough. It was quite different than, like, say, working at Earl's or restaurants and stuff like that. It just felt like wild and the personalities were huge and there was it was scary but it was also like fascinating um 
but definitely it's changed. It's become, we, I mean, we did it a lot. We did a lot of work to kind of get rid of the more chaotic aspects of that bar. I mean, I can't speak for other bars, but I can speak for the five where a lot of stuff needed to change. Just, you know, staff acting erratically or dancers acting erratically or stuff like that, that we made a big effort to change that sort of culture. So you would say in general it's changed for the positive? I would say, yeah. What are some things that have sort of been a negative change in the industry, if anything, do you think? I mean, there's a lot less bars for ladies to work at, which I think is would be negative for for them. I guess it's less of a culture in general. I mean, it seems to be shrinking. Uh, obviously, new bars have opened up, so that's okay. Negative? I don't say it's mostly been positive. It's more accepted by people now. You know, you get a lot more ladies, women coming in than we've ever had. As patrons, you mean? As patrons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes it better atmosphere it's much less violent like not even a fraction of what it used to be just for fights and stuff like that yeah fights amongst patrons yeah Mm. and and dancers (laughs) for sure they used to be the worst interesting (laughs) yeah um I can't really think of anything that's really gone I think it's evolved yeah mostly positive do you think that there is more, because you said that there's less clubs and less of, I guess, a culture, in terms of the girls that worked at the five, you know, at the start of your 25 years, are there more or less girls on the floor now or back then? There's a lot more. More now? Yeah. Yeah. I could probably fill that bar three times over with people that want to work. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think the dancers themselves have changed? Um, yeah. Like, do the ladies look different in the clubs? Who's getting hired now than they did back then? Is a certain look more accepted or less accepted than it was back then? I mean, obviously, everybody's covered in tattoos now, which was controversial. I mean, it was more less of a thing back in the day. Um, alternative looks are more accepted. It's not, yeah, I mean, I've always looked for when ladies are are applying for different looks. I never sort of just try to go for one because our customer base is, just from what I've seen, what girls going around the floor and who's going out for dances, it's never just the same type of women. It'll, so I try to look for kind of a broad looks and appearances and stuff like that um as it's changed i don't know i guess i mean you know people still getting the fake boobs butts <laughs> dancers still look like dancers but yeah maybe it's it's more evolved for sure what was know. the like typical stripper look when you first started at the club was it oh like- it was like an amazon cool amazon kind of Long hair, very sort of strong attitude, very uh, no-nonsense. Just what you would think, like when you see all those pictures of like 90s sort of mm-hmm. dancers, that, was, that, that look was very dominant. A lot of uh, 
it called? Tan lines. Intricate tan lines. <laughs> which I kind of miss. Okay, notice. I love that. <laughs> uh, how about the clientele coming into the club? Has that changed at all over the years? Like I said, more women. Um, younger, I mean, especially with the five, we tap more into like sort of an urban market with our like hip hop and we're we're not at so much of a hip hop bar anymore, but we definitely went through a long period where we were one of the bars that played the most of it and that kind of tapped into a younger, younger sort of hipper, for lack of a better term, clientele, but also we're just very blue collar and that's never changed. That's, and we don't want it to change. It's always been our, we're half pub, half strip bar, half club. We just kind of, we want everybody to be happy, having a good time, be inclusive. You guys are open for daytime as well as night. Have you noticed that daytime clientele has changed a lot? I know, like, I spoke to a girlfriend of mine who is mid-40s now, and she used to say that daytime, there'd be, like, a lot of businessmen coming in mm-hmm. for, like, business meetings. Yes, that's not. changed a lot. And I don't know if that was because of COVID or people not working downtown. or It definitely started to taper off. There were also the... I hate to say this, but the drinking and driving laws changed. <laughs> that, yeah. that cut a lot of our white collar customers. It makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely a lot of people aren't working in downtown as much, so we don't see the business lunches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I know in um, clubs, at least where we are in BC you don't handle the girl's money like, you know, they mm-hmm. typically do in the States where they take it all and then give it to you at the end of the night. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how much you would know about this, but in regards to the earning potential, we heard that, you know, every year dancers are making less and less at the strip clubs because there's mm-hmm. less and less clientele. Do you think that is true or have you seen that in the club itself or with the bar staff? Um. I would say tipping has gone because Vancouver didn't have a big tipping culture mm-hmm. for the longest time. Like I would say 10 years ago, tipping culture wasn't a thing. So no, I, I would say they're making a lot more than say a decade ago, like quite a bit more, like on stage. Tipping, um, they seem to do be doing fine with private dancing. Uh, night shifts, the busy night shifts, the bar staffs, it's starting to get back to normal. But as for dancers, I think they're making pretty, pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like when we first got back from COVID or the first sort of, whenever that happened. That first shutdown, we opened up, there was a very limited clientele and we had very limited dancers and those, there was no private dancers around. Those ladies were making crazy money. <laughs> wow. Why was I there? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Where were you? Where I think I asked you. <laughs> sounds, sounds all right. <laughs> so as you mentioned, COVID had uh, quite an impact on the businesses for the last two years, pretty much, like all businesses. Yeah. Um, how did it impact the strip club specifically? Uh, well, we were closed. <laughs> <laughs> pretty big impact. For a then. long time. <laughs> how long were you guys closed for? Well, there was a bunch of closures I'm trying to remember the longest was almost a year yeah um but Colin the owner he was 
very adamant. Like when we could open, we opened. And when it just wasn't feasible or safe, he would close. So they did a good job in that way, but it didn't make sense to, to be open. And luckily they own the building and everything. So mm. we could all wait it out and it doesn't feel like it even happened now that we're back and in the middle of it. But Did you deal a lot with the COVID restrictions mm-hmm. yourself? And did you feel like they were particularly hard on strip clubs? Um, well, here we, we knew we could open because we're technically a pub. Mm-hmm. So we just did everything. Like we put plexiglass everywhere. We put arrows everywhere. We removed half the tables. Like we just did it on our own before even being told right. that we need to do it. So I don't know if it was particularly hard on strip clubs because we just didn't give them a chance to, yeah. <laughs> to you know, be hard on us because we, you know, plexiglass to hell. The whole stage was pretty much an aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And I they still that. were, you know, picky about it. They're like, oh, the, the tipping hole needs to be lower oh, or whatever, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it actually wasn't too bad on us. Yeah, I remember when, near the beginning of COVID, was it? When there was a lot of articles coming out, and they would constantly be like, like, uh, what, were, what were they calling it? Like, um, not like an outbreak, but like mm. exposure at... Oh, no, the, yeah. yeah, I think, constantly, actually, like, that that's, was the one. I think that's when they were a bit unfair on us, that everywhere was getting exposures, all the restaurants, all the bars, but because we got an exposure it became news right and it it was like it made you know i had people that had been there for an hour asking me am i gonna be okay because it was a different time yeah. people were more worried and i kind of joke with them yeah covid's in the carpet like what do you mean <laughs> like it's not this covid doesn't you know exist more in a script club yeah it's just because of reputations and stuff like that that you know the news jumped on it yeah we actually went on a uh, on the news to talk about that when um, I believe one of the clubs, Brandy's, had their quote unquote outbreak, and yeah. um, to speak on how unfairly like they yeah. were like, and just the comments too of like COVID's the you know the least of your worries of something to catch right, a strip right. club and exactly yeah. all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, as if the person that had it like went straight from their house to the strip club, didn't, like, go absolutely anywhere else the entire exactly, time. They were, yeah. like, pretend, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. a patron, too, right? It wasn't even one of the, the mm-hmm. people that worked at the club. So, yeah, exactly. That they just, like, got on, got straight to the strip club and then went straight home, didn't go anywhere else. But this is the only place we yeah. about it. Yeah, it was really wrapped up in moral sort of outrage. And, you know, wow, well, serves you right for going to scripts like, what? Yeah. <laughs> The satanic panic. The satanic <laughs> panic. Exactly. Strip club panic, yeah. So something we talk about a lot is, like, how to have longevity in the sex industry because, especially now, it seems like everyone wants to be in the sex industry and then they either mm-hmm. burn out really quick or they don't realize all the other shit that comes with it. Um, so I assume you've seen a lot of girls come and go over the years mm-hmm. and some can make dancing career and some just can't last in the industry. Uh, what do you think is a good indicator that someone has the potential to last in the industry and maybe some they don't have the tenacity for the club? Uh, 
I don't know if I could speak on whether a dancer, if I know if a dancer has... I mean, I know, I've had ladies show up and I'm like, this isn't going to last very long, at least for our bar. And what but makes I don't, you think that when you said, like, what triggers that thought? Just... It's something about the five, if you get certain personalities in there and it's, it's, it's a fun atmosphere and you could quickly find out if they can handle their booze or not <laughs> <laughs> and you know they'll see other staff members partying or dancers and think they can keep up and you're just like maybe this place ain't made for you maybe you're just not a functional alcoholic <laughs> yeah whatever um, but as for like in the industry I, I, I wouldn't make that judgment I mean I've if a lady comes in and, and applies for private dancing like one did the other day, I just knew right away. It was like, no, I can't. Just something just not too naive about her or just something. I just, there was just a gut feeling. I was like, no, I, I don't want to be the one that brings her in. Interesting. And like, what do you, like, because you would feel guilty for bringing her in? I don't or know if feel, being... well, I mean, there was zero experience, let's say, with this one. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't like hiring people without experience. At least they know any sort of adult experience. And she wasn't giving me enough, like, I was like, have you ever danced? She's like, yeah, like the nightclub. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> have I mean. you ever moved your body to music? <laughs> have you ever moved your body? She's like, no, I'm really good. I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, you have to deal with a lot more here. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's more of a gut thing. But I don't know if, like, by the time I've hired them, maybe I'm like, oh, I made a mistake with that one. Maybe that's not the right, you know, she's not going to last here, but mm-hmm. I can't say she's not going right. to do that well. At that point, do you just let them run their course, or? Well, usually they do something. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, I just wait for them to do right. something. I'm just like, maybe this isn't working out. Um... Yeah, it's always sort of tricky, but I don't, I won't, I wouldn't fire anybody just for, for nothing. Right. It's like, they'd have to be, they'd have to have done something. But. Good for you, Jan, not oh. firing people without cause. A man of honor. Yeah, good for me. A man of honor. Um, but I never fire them to say, you're not cut out for this industry. Easy. Like, oh, you're cut out maybe for a different bar. Um, the ones that you have seen last, specifically at the five, mm-hmm. what, what's like a reoccurring something in them that you see that you're like, yeah, this makes for someone who can do well in this industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. Fake boobs. Fake boobs? <laughs> they, always get those. they always get those. Fake boobs. Oh, my time is nearing. I can feel it. <laughs> with, with each centimeter they yeah. sag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, gravity is a heartless bitch. Oh, and then, I wouldn't know. I keep fighting it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, what would make them? I, they're tenacious. They always stick around. They're start. They take care of themselves. Obviously, they keep in shape. Um, and that's not to say they have to go to the gym or anything like that. It's just whatever their sexiness is, they maintain it. They maintain mm-hmm. it and they flaunt it or they know how to, you know. 
eventually they get into their own sort of rhythm and, and, and you kind of watch them on stage and you can see how they interact with people and it's just sort of a kind of ease that they get. Um, but at the end of the day, it's their choice. I mean, it's, I think it's always a battle with dancers about how they feel about their industry. This is what I've talked with them. You know, it's always, even as they're getting the boobs and they're doing the stuff, they're like, oh, this job. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then like, so I think it's always sort of a battle and it's up to them how long they want to, once they've reached a certain level, you know, they're, they're on the circuit. They're working with all the, the, the top clubs. I think it's just, it's on them to ha how much they want to work and their relationship with the agents and the clubs and stuff like that. But I always see there's always sort of that inner battle a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a bit of love, love, hate with those yeah. jobs. Mostly love and then like a damn bit of hate, you know? <laughs> damn bit hate. Uh, truly. Sure. <laughs> a blessing and a curse, really. Yeah. Uh, we asked a lot about girls wanting to get in the industry and like how they get hired like that's especially if they're new I guess mm -hmm. yeah all the time people ask us um, for advice so yeah. do you have any advice for brand new girls not only maybe how to get hired but maybe what not to do when they're trying to get hired or maybe if you can even like walk them through the process like do you call the club do you mm -hmm. just walk in yeah should you be wearing a certain outfit when you walk in should you be ready to work what are yeah. some things you should or shouldn't do? What are when some you're, things you should or shouldn't bring? Yeah, when you're right. trying to apply or, or how to get hired. Um, yeah, so I hire all the private dancers. And that's gone through, I don't like walk-ins. Mostly because I don't want to say no to their face. <laughs> mostly <laughs> it's very cowardly. It's very, it's very cowardly and <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like the whole thing. Um, so it's usually email. And now I've even switched that because my email was in my name. So I was like, <laughs> so like why, Jeremy? I'm like, ugh. Oh. Now they have to put a name to it. <laughs> I am seeming very cowardly right now. <laughs> okay, I know but I've said no to many, many people. Hit it um, on Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah, so now I've, yeah, switched it more to Instagram. <laughs> and that Instagram's easier because pictures are always needed. That's just part of the job, obviously. Like, we need... I need a, a pretty good idea of visually what they will look like. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've it depends had, how you asking for the pictures. It's more so the way exactly. You, so that's it, and it's more so the way you said I need a really good idea of how they look. <laughs> okay. First of like, all, I never, like I've never asked for nude. Never asked for nude. They always ask what, and it's basically bikini or lingerie or whatever they. I do have to get an idea of how they look. I remember <laughs> sending you photos. <laughs> I remember where I was sitting. I was out for lunch with my boyfriend. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he was like, why is he asking you for photos? <laughs> I don't think he liked you. <laughs> he's gone anyways. Fair he's, enough. He's gone Fair and you're here. So. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Ah, the stigma. Ah, the right. stigma. <laughs> yeah, so it is photos. I mean... And then I do, then it's, it's basically, I always ask for photos and an idea of their experience, whether it's in other clubs or anything adult, you know, only fans, PR parties, stuff like that. 
said, Do you don't. Ask for the tag or? And then I asked for their phone number yeah. and address. Yeah, for their OnlyFans discount. <laughs> OnlyFans discount. <laughs> They really need a good idea, right? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pictures. Dear. It could be anywhere. They could be on a beach. Doesn't matter. Okay. Digging <laughs> uh, a hole in that sand. No, I think guys are making it sound worse than it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, okay, so when somebody wants a job, they message, for, for your club anyway, you, they message mm-hmm. the Instagram they send you one or two appropriate photos. <laughs> or it could just be their Instagram. Then, uh, oh, or the Instagram handle. Okay. Exactly. That's why I said through Instagram. It's just... Gotcha. Let's say most girls that want to get in the job, they already have some booty pics on their Instagram. Oh, so now specifically booty pics? Oh, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't look at me. I didn't say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you here. This is her. Okay. Uh, we okay, so then do you ask them to come in for an audition? Should they show up ready to work? What's sort of the next step well, once you've stalked yeah. their IG page? Right, once I've stalked everything. <laughs> Once you received the OnlyFans discount, right? Once I received the OnlyFans discount, (laughs) then (laughs) the next step. (laughs) Come to my office. (laughs) No, but actually, the amount of actually, no, but the I don't have an office. Just so everyone knows, I don't even have an office to. But no, like girls will message us and be like, hey, I went and applied to this club and he like asked me to come dance for him naked. Mm-hmm. Is that normal? Right. <laughs> I was like, I've never had, to... I don't think I've ever had to do that at all the clubs I've like yeah. worked at. I don't think I've ever had to like get naked yeah, well, in front of them. I was surprised back in episode 99 with Nina, didn't she tell a story about how she had to like strip down? Yeah, in front of the girl and like yeah. do like a 360 so they could like make sure everything was good. Yeah. I've never had to do that. Do you know much about I blew my way into the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. But uh, yeah, go on. No, but like what are the next steps? And what should you expect? And then what should be some red flags that you think yeah. people would... Well, that's why I asked about experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I'd, I usually... If they've had experience, if they're from Toronto or I know you, you know, usually have an idea that they even from the pictures I can go oh this girl's done this before you know what I mean <laughs> she's a dancer that, dance. that back arch Drop. tells you <laughs> then it's pretty I see you <laughs> then it's pretty easy if I'm there I'll say, come in and talk to me if I'm not there I'll just say come and get signed up mm-hmm. you know it's, so and and then yeah they should come into the club ready to work or yeah. do you do an audition no no they can come in ready to work Okay. The ones with experience. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if they don't have experience or none, and I just see that maybe, or, or some sort of adult experience, then I might talk to them for a bit. Mm-hmm. And also, like, here, and we get a lot from the East Coast or Montreal and stuff like that. They're, they're as you know, it's like all the table dancers go on stage. So, and here it's all booked separately. Yeah. We go through the agency for stage and all the private dancing book just independently. And they don't have to go on stage unless, like, say, they request or we feel they might look good up there. Then we might do that. So that's when there could be sort of an audition. Mm-hmm. It's when they're dancing 
and I might say, hey, are you interested in the stage? Why don't you go do up a song or something? Or they'll usually ask me. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if you know much about how... <laughs> Here your lands going. <laughs> Keep this in. Fill um, your hands. So I don't know if you know much about how other clubs are run, but what do you think are some red flags that girls can look for in terms of a manager? So, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. again, if they ask to see you naked yeah. or kind of like other things like that, what are some red flags that you think should be looked for from the girl's perspective? Do you think that is, like, okay for a manager to ask that? To see them naked? Yeah. No. Like, like in the office or something? Yeah. No, no that wouldn't be right. Just oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I, I get, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I, mean, I get if I was like, yeah, photo, Photoshop, whatever, you can look great in clothes. I don't really want to put you on my floor and to right. have like fully seen that you're not like secretly a, yeah. you know, I three mean, hours. That's why I asked for the photos and I don't like promo like somebody sending their a promo photo or overly taken just for you <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> just... can't, can't believe you agreed to do this I know right? <laughs> or she said she was gonna be nice no I've been so nice Jeff. yeah you have thank you um, yes I want creepy Polaroids <laughs> Polaroid. taken in a basement <laughs> I want to send you the outfit to wear <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, no, we actually do want your answer. Yeah. What are some things, like, if you were to apply for a club that you'd be like, hey, if a manager said this or yeah. acted this way, these are things that would indicate that maybe this is not a good place yeah. to be working? Yes. So, like I said, if I get photos, they're just your typical Instagram bikini kind of showing off the body stuff. There's no need to, I need to see your nipples now or see anything else. Like, so there's no need for a manager to be asking to see you naked in the flash. I don't know. I don't know what club is that particular, but... They actually have a size restriction on the nipples, so... Size restriction <laughs> on the Quarter or something. Like <laughs> um, as for other red flags, yeah. When you send girls away or you don't accept them into the uh, like you know accept them into the industry do you leave them with some feedback or is it do you just say no um i tell them to go get experience (laughs) or it would be helpful if they got experience somewhere else i mean i don't know where they can go i know they can go let's say the paramount in new west there's Mm -hmm. strictly a private dance club um I can't speak for other clubs whether they take ladies with experience. Like the one I, the other day where I, I just didn't have a good feeling, she was like, well, how was I, how am I supposed to get experience if you don't hire me? I'm like, you're jumping up levels here. You're jumping up levels. You, you I mean, we do have sort of a, the, we do have a standard at the five and we're one of the top clubs. So it's, it's, and it's not about how she looked. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. She was very, you know, but there was something about her that was just like, yeah, I just so didn't feel you, right. Yeah, when you say that it's jumping levels, are you saying that your club in particular requires girls with more experience or the clientele is maybe a little bit more difficult to handle? Like, what 
you know, apart from being like one of the, you know, most popular clubs, why do you think that the five in particular requires more experience? Well, I, 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 I don't think it's for the faint of heart. I think once it's like a Saturday night, it's just full of, it's busy. It's just sort of an intense atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, but then daytimes you'll have sort of guys that come in that are looking for, you know, that try to push the, the limits or whatever. And, uh, that's something you have to deal with. I mean, we keep, we try to keep everybody as safe as possible, but there's still stuff that goes on that we can't stop. That's going to happen in an instant. That's not normal. People don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And unless you're ready for that, or even, I don't even think if you have experience, you'd be ready for some of the stuff that dancers tell me happens that that's why. I mean, I can't, like I said, I can't make decisions on, every lady's you know why they want to do the job or anything like that because I don't know what they go through but I know that some it's more of a gut feeling just that's mm-hmm. not they're not ready for here I think the five has a very similar atmosphere well atmosphere to, to Fort Mac and like Fort Mac not only I think it was like the people that you're going to encounter but like also the other dancers are like a lot rougher and mm-hmm. they're a lot more experienced and they're a lot more of like a hustler mentality. So like you'll not only will like the customers eat you alive, but like the other dancers mm-hmm. will. Yeah. And so I think if you had no experience trying to go into Fort Mac and you worked like a Saturday night in the Mac, like someone would fight you. <laughs> like you'd have like an issue right. with a lot yeah. of people. Like if you can't hold your own and if people right. can like tell your fresh meat. So I think like in that regard, maybe not even because like yeah. the five is like one of like the busier clubs, but like right. It, it brings in a lot of people, other dancers with a lot of experience. So mm-hmm. like, you're not going to get on as well with like trying to work, True. And, trying to work and compete with that kind yeah. of level. I mean, of one people. thing like we're speaking about what we try to change was, let's say a lot of gals that do work in Fort Mac or East Coast or something like that there is that hierarchy or that big fish, small fish stuff, and there's a drama and and stuff like that. And we try to cut that off. Like we don't want anybody to feel that I don't like any bullying in the bar so if I can catch it which I don't always catch I'll try to put into it or there's one that's like always bullying the new girl or something like that I don't like at all so yeah I wouldn't say it's quite like for me <laughs> Fort Mac was great. It was like Sounds like best. Fort Mac's great. <laughs> Fort Mac was like hands down like the one of the best clubs I worked at. Oh, I'm sure it's great. But no, but it's just like I know there's more a, so like there's it's like it brings out like the hustlers like the hustlers go to yes, Fort Mac. Yes. So if you can't hustle against right. the hustlers, like you're just gonna get eaten alive. Yeah. Like you're just not gonna you're gonna hate being there because you're not gonna sell yeah. a dance because mm-hmm. they're gonna be with all the whales and you don't yeah. know how to even like approach a whale. Yeah, I mean it's been interesting actually since COVID none of the sort of the real hustlers came back so we've actually had to start quite f- fresh with a new batch a batch <laughs> a new batch mm-hmm. but not too fresh so yeah not too fresh, <laughs> not too fresh. <laughs> no I guess yeah so there wasn't that like before there was sort of this hierarchy and stuff like that and there was more of those issues but again we've, we've always tried to like keep it as friendly as possible up there without full-on brawls breaking out in the change room. Do you not think there should be some sort of hierarchy, though, in the strip club of, like, women who yeah, no, yes, earned their yes, stripes more? For sure. There's, but there's a point where it goes overboard. Do you, you know mm. this? 
(laughs) (laughs) There can be a point where it becomes just bullying. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. There's certain things, like, especially back when I first started, like, almost a, a decade ago now... Like, if you were a new girl in the change room, you wouldn't expect to get a locker. You wouldn't expect to put right. your, believe in your stuff in the change room. You would yeah. go in, like, after the older girl, like, sure. or the more experienced girls had, like, finished in the change room. You wouldn't, like, oh, take really? a phone call in the change room. You wouldn't, like, play your Don't music. even look at you. No, truly. Like, you wouldn't play your music. <laughs> if someone was talking, you wouldn't try to, like, intervene wow. in the conversation because yeah. you haven't, like, earned that friendship yet. Mm. Um, and, like, I think there is, like, something to be said about that where it's, like, I think it goes back to what we were talking about last episode, where a lot of people want the benefits of being a sex worker with none of the hardship. Mm. So I think, like, showing yeah. that respect to people who have done the hard work to get where they are in yeah. the industry, I think... It doesn't I need to be a bully thing, see but that. I think there's, like, a level like, of respect that should be yeah. there. I've seen, like I said, we had to start fresh and, and, and hire... And, and I did hire ladies with not much experience, and I saw that sort of growing pain where mm. they were trying to jump into conversations with the more established ladies and not doing it, you know, in the proper way or the death looks that they were getting and stuff <laughs> like that. I was like, oof. And a lot of them haven't lasted. <laughs> They're actually not there right now. So, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily bullying. They just like, like a, yeah, like a level of respect for people yeah. who like came before you. Yes, yes. Um, especially if they came like a long time before you when it wasn't yeah. as accepted, when they had to do a lot more of like the stigma against them. That yeah, and don't roll in thinking, you know, the yeah. game because yeah. you don't also really. I feel like there's this huge like influx of strip club tourists mm. where mm. like yeah. you know if you have been in a club for a while and a new girl pops over and wants to join your conversation like it's not even anything against them it's just like you might not be here in a week so like right. do we really want to you know h- help you out for like someone who's yeah. just going to be a fleeting a fleeting flight? yeah for sure. Yeah, when I'm talking about bullying, I'm talking about the extreme stuff. I'm not talking about this sort of stuff. Yeah. At all. The micro. And that's up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys figure that stuff out. I don't step into that. <laughs> Only when it becomes a problem yeah. where it's like <laughs> screaming the in the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So another thing we talk about a lot on the podcast is how hard it is to date as a stripper. Um, or just being like in, in the industry. industry in general, whether you're a stripper, cam girl, full service sex worker, whatever it may be. Um, how is it dating as a strip club manager? Uh, do you find that your romantic life's also impacted by your job, like it is for the strippers in the club? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I haven't been able to date out of the strip club. I mean, so you haven't been able to, what do you mean by that? Like you've tried and it's been difficult or you It's been difficult, yeah. Um, but then dating in the strip club becomes, comes with a whole other slew of complications. Why do you think it's difficult <laughs> to, yeah, stop to the tabbing. Um, why do you think it's difficult to date people not in the strip club? What do you think their concerns are? Well, I think their concerns are you're surrounded by beautiful, sexy women. And there's a lot of alcohol. It's a party atmosphere. Um, Storeboard managers or bartenders and probably are not looked at as most reliable partners in that the temptation is there. Um, It is. 
for sure. So yeah, and and I and I talk even just like dancers who have issues with like bringing this up to parents or or constantly or bringing it up with old friends and stuff like that. Like this, not everybody's supposed to understand this industry. Like we barely understand it half the time. Like so, to expect somebody else that's not in it to get it. It's good if you find something like that. It's amazing. It's, but it takes Herculean effort on their part, I bet. Or you don't tell them everything. Yeah, we. Uh, I talked about a poll that was on um, one of the uh, dancing Instagrams that we follow, uh, I think a couple episodes back, discussing if you would let your partner work in a strip club. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I say, like, if the temptation's there and they're not taking it, like, that's even more, uh, like, point on their back. But also, a strip club is not inherently more or less, like, tempting, I guess, in the, te- in the sense that, like, if your partner's going to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you anyway. Yeah. Like, just because you work in a strip Like, what if your partner goes to a strip club and cheats on you? Or, like, right. goes to a regular bar and trips on, uh, yeah. cheats on you? Or cheats on you with a receptionist? Like... Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is is just perception of what a strip bar is but there is just a lot of sort of I'm not even talking about the sex aspect or or cheating or anything like that I'm just talking about the general lifestyle Mm -hmm. that's hard for people that are not in the industry to understand Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other complicated issue I think even just like the Basic idea of like the scheduling, like yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. hard if you're working nine to five yeah. to have a partner who works nighttime, and you have like yeah. when you're sleeping, they're going to work, and like vice versa. It's yeah. like you don't really get. I mean, when I've I've dated a dancer, and and when their regulars start, you know, crossing the line, that that becomes difficult. Um, whether it's like over texting or when it's interrupting like private time, when you're just sort of hanging out. A lot of time, dancers are always on. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, or you're at the club and you see them sitting with their regular, and you see their hand on their lap. It doesn't matter. I know you know the you know the job. You know the thing. It, there's always that part of you that's always gonna be like not liking that image. Hmm. So, you just mentioned that you have dated dancers. And you mentioned a little bit that it's more, that it's difficult, you know, seeing when a client has his hand on her leg. Do you think that it makes it easier or more difficult because you understand how the club works? You understand that it's still a job or do you think it would be easier if you didn't really know that world? No, I think, yeah, it's easier for sure. I think it's just, I mean, I'm a bartender too, like at the five the managers have always bartended so I'm kind of stuck behind the bar so I have a quite a big view of, of the whole bar so mm-hmm. sometimes you might see something I don't want to see if, if she's maybe sitting with, with a customer and stuff like that does it make it easier? I don't know because then I guess you just start your mind starts flipping between strip bar manager and boyfriend and it's hard to differentiate the two but it's not I rarely have like jealous episodes at work mm-hmm. yeah cause like I mean I've talked about it on the podcast before um, me and my partner have a don't ask don't tell thing mm-hmm. when it comes to work so 
he can ask me as many questions as he wants about the job, but I'm not going to offer him information about what a lap dance would be right. like, etc. And I feel like for a lot of couples, that makes it a little bit easier because then he doesn't have to picture me, you know, lap dancing on every guy or what that actually right. looks like. Yeah. So do you think that... But then, I guess, on the other hand, you just know how many guys that girls circle through in yeah. a fucking night and how, you know... Yeah, like, with my ex, she stopped doing private answers, at least when I was around, just so she didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. I didn't never ask her to stop doing them, but she just did it on her own. But she also had this very good regular who she... Even though everybody knew we were dating, I guess she kept up the lie that we weren't dating with him. So then, not that they did anything particular that I know of, um, but that it would cross into our regular life sometimes, you know? Like, I'm going to go meet her at the bar, and she's like, oh, but this regular's here. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like, wait a second, this is my bar... Um, I didn't like that's when it became sort of an issue and I get it some regulars are very financially you know beneficial and this one was so I understood from her viewpoint as a single mother and stuff like that that you know this guy gave her a lot of money but Mm -hmm. it couldn't it was always sort of that was probably the main thing of contention between us when it came to that sort of stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast, too, is that people ask, oh, do you tell clients that you have a boyfriend? No, mm-hmm. never. Why would yeah. I? Because, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's not the fantasy, like, and Riley doesn't have a boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. I do, but they don't get that part of me. Yeah. Um, but I guess also being, you know, confronted to it face-to-face. Yeah. But when you're working together, it's then it becomes a lot more complicated. Yeah. yeah. But I guess, like, was it easy... Or how did you find separating, you know, the dancer that you dated and the mm-hmm. person that you dated when you had to be in the same environment? Ooh, that's a good question because we never got to hear the male's perspective on the ability to, like, disassociate those two. Mm-hmm. Like, for us, we can, like, say all the ways that we try to help them disassociate, mm-hmm. like Danica mm-hmm. from, like, real right. men. But how does it work through your brain? Are you able to, like, do that? Like, what are things that... yeah. I mean, you have to have, obviously, interests and things in common um, out of the bar and stuff like that. Um, but there is there is that sort of, you did meet them as a dancer, and there is that part that I enjoy the whole, lack of a better word, package of a dancer. You know, you, you, you become attracted to them when you see them as a dancer, mostly. And that comes with, you know, the outfits and the boots and that's for a guy that's just always going to be regardless of how long you've worked in a bar that's just always don't get tired of it (laughs) (laughs) I don't love it love it other guys go are you desensitized are you crazy it gets worse (laughs) (laughs) the boots really get you yeah it's it's, uh, you know it's a look but so do you have like an internal struggle if like the girl you're seeing is like getting lots of dances is part of you like it's hot that all these guys mm. want her, or is it like fucking yeah, oh, annoying that all these guys want her? I like that she's desired. Yeah, 
I don't know if I want to see her going up and down the steps all night, but that's just, but also I could, you know, I have my own job to do, so, um, yeah, but how do I differentiate? Yeah, I just think you just have a, a good life out of the bar and just, you know, do stuff that's not strip bar related. It's pretty easy. I mean, they don't come home wearing thigh high boots. And Usually they're wearing, <laughs> yeah. So my, sometimes I'm like, come on, once in a while. Once in a while, you okay? Yes. And then I find that, well, I find that dancers also have a, sort of a fantasy about that too. So you can act out sort of a, be a private dance fantasy once in a while. Not bad. <laughs> Are you blushing? I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Oh my goodness. Do you want <laughs> some water? Some more your So that's great because we're going to ask you an even more awkward question. <laughs> Perfect. So, something I know we've talked about again a lot is that as women in the industry, work can impact our sex lives quite a bit, mm-hmm. whether it like increases your sexual like appetite or like completely depletes it Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's because like we're constantly giving out sexual energy to people that um and we're constantly around it that we maybe become a little bit desensitized to it um just spending so much time in the strip club and around like women you find attractive or like temptation as you said Mm -hmm. it like does it have an impact on your sex life yes (laughs) 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 go on (laughs) say more (laughs) Uh, do I want to get into this yes this is what you signed up for I warned you (laughs) you want to know people people are asking (laughs) I don't know should I get into this yeah really truly people want to know because like you have to understand like we talk, we they do though like people want to know people want to know no because like we talk about it all the time like especially in a relationship like yeah I have a really hard sex drive in a relationship but outside of the relationship like especially because I do for, what I do for work mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm constantly sexually on mm-hmm. but like when I go home I'm not yeah. like I'm like oh can't wait to give another man sexual energy for right. free like right. it just so like for me that's how it impacts like my sex life yes. and I know I think that's quite common for a lot of women in the industry Yes. But they're sick of hearing about women in the industry. Mm. So, hear you. Do they really want to hear about <laughs> yes. a guy? What you you got the most listener questions from like anyone I put out there. Right, and they want to know this. Yes. Affects <laughs> me. Yes. Affects me very well. <laughs> <laughs> but like when it you know when you talk about porn, there's that idea that you know you're always looking for more. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you start looking at this kind of porn, mm-hmm. you kind of get bored of that, you go to the next right. level, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Is there that sort of thing for working in a strip club, always being around, you know, yeah. women that you're attracted to in their boots? You in know, it's like, do you always, like, do you find that you're always kind of, like, looking for that level of, like, sexuality? Or mm. do you are you just kind of desensitized to it and then you don't I... really feel like expressing yourself in that way? Well, dancers are very sexual people. And yes, I'm always looking for that sort of level of sexuality, for sure. Um, Do I look for more and more? No. I think I've... Peaked. (laughs) 
Pete. <laughs> when you dated square girls or girls not in the industry, yeah. did you find that that level of sexuality was missing? Well, I'm trying to think if I've ever dated like a straight up square girl and it's been a long time. So I can't really, even like the last square girl, she ended up being a sex worker anyway. So even though she wasn't, a, <laughs> she wasn't a dancer. So it was mm-hmm. just like, almost like I'm attracted or, or just sort of like, I'm, I'm, this is sort of my lot in life in some ways. Like even as growing up, I was always sort of attracted to that look as it's going through. So I guess going, like growing up and puberty and all that, I was just like, cause if I saw boots, <laughs> like, I should boots make this boobs. my career. Boots and boobs. <laughs> boots and boobs. And like, so no, I don't get desensitized, but I don't think I look for more and more. Do you think if you found a square girl that, square girl. Well, you know what I mean? Like someone not in the industry that was fine with your Civilian? job. Sylvia. Sylvia. So, civilian. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that that would, for the lack of like a better term, like hold your interest? I'd have to be. I'd have to meet her. I don't know. Yeah, like, fair I don't know if they were cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of very interesting, sexy women out there that are <laughs> sex workers. Yeah, but I can't. It's been a minute. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I find like if I, I never, I've never felt comfortable. Like say my mom's friends and, and, and stuff like that. They're all like professionals and their kids are all sort of like professionals or none of my family is in the industry at all in any way. So maybe, you know, when cousins are ding dong, but <laughs> you know, okay. So sorry, when you say professionals, you mean like business professionals, right? No, just or whatever. Yeah, just, you just don't mean like horse. No, yeah, no. Because <laughs> I asked because like right? we were literally we were in Florida. Oh, just, I didn't mean that. <laughs> we were in Florida at a bar, and guys came up to us and asked that's us always, if we were professionals. That's always oh, what I say. As like, are you see, are you right. prostitute? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> or my mom's friends are horse. <laughs> or maybe I'm just trying to say more like squares. Yeah. Squares and, and jobs that, that society deems as not bad. I don't know. <laughs> and I just, I've never to this day been comfortable saying where I work. And I could imagine, yeah, no, no. I hate it. I hate that my mom has to tell people where I work. Why is your mom keeping your own name in your name? My mom does, yeah, why is she even <laughs> yeah. saying my name? Speak on my name. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your name out my Keep, name, out your damn mouth. Don't doctor? But no, I just actually feel bad for her that, you know... Is that something that she's... She's never said anything. No, no it's just something you've internalized. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine with it. She, she knows the money's decent and she's happy to have a job. I don't know. But she's never... Yeah, she's never said anything. Yeah. yeah. What did you go to school for? Art? Yeah. My you mom's like... Hey, you got a job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sure she wished I did more art and she appreciates my art and stuff like that, but... She loves her son. She's Italian, so she loves her. Her son can do no wrong. But I still feel bad in some ways. That's interesting. I don't know if I feel bad for my parents when they say it. I think I'm just so stubborn and so, like, adamant that people shouldn't be ashamed of the job. But if somebody asks your mother what you do, what what does she say? I don't actually, to be honest. I don't know what my mom says either. I I think my dad might be like she's a stripper. My dad would probably because he's just... 
loves me too much. <laughs> yeah, like he would fight someone for me if they like had an issue with it. I think. Yeah. But I don't actually don't know about my mom. I think she probably tells mine in school, which yeah. God knows I was in school yeah. for. I feel like way too long. So yeah, I wonder what my. I think I've actually literally never thought about it. So I'm yeah. gonna say when yeah. people. Yeah, but since I've been in this job for so long, I mean, most people she knows knows. But you know, oh, is Jeremy still the five? Yeah. I don't think she has a problem with it at all. Yeah. But I just, one day I wish she could say something. So there is a part of me that says one day I wish she could say something else. And maybe, you know, whatever. So that's probably on me. Do something else sometimes. <laughs> she can have something else to say. Yeah, I feel that too with my family sometimes. That my mom, I mean, I don't think my mom really tells people what I do, but... Yeah. You you do have I do have a, maybe a little bit of like internalized homophobia about the fact that the stigma is now on the people around me. Like my partner carries the stigma of dating a sex worker. Um, my mom and like the rest of my family that know carry that stigma of like having someone that's in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. And you know like I get all the benefits of being in the sex industry and like they don't get really any of the business until they go into retirement Man. and then they'll get all their benefits. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There is still no, that, the, the idea that I chose this and then they sort of just, I mean, he chose to be with me knowing that I was in the industry, yeah. but like in terms of my family, like they didn't choose to have this yep. on them either. So one I think the, that's valid. That was one of the first conversations I had when I tried to date a square. Um, I was like, I, like one thing you do need to think about before we like get more serious and you tell people we're together is that like all the stigma that I face, it will bleed onto you whether mm-hmm. you want to be or not yeah. because you're the one that's going to go to a party with me and they're going to be like, right. oh, I saw her at the club or yeah. I got her at a private party one time. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or like, oh, how did you meet my friend? It's like, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> go way back. Yeah. With my ex, I had this friend of a friend that used to always take her out for dances before we were dating. Right. And then after, you know, we started dating, obviously he stopped doing that, but he'd always come up to me and go, oh, she's such a nice girl. She shouldn't be doing this. So I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> he had a no second. problem giving her Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> yeah. I and then you're like, that's equally insulting. Right. No, yeah. Just shut up about it. Yeah. When I first started my OnlyFans when COVID, like... Because sometimes you can see people's names. So sometimes I know who people were, or people would message me and be like, I just subscribed. And like so many of my exes, right. like buddies, were like, I'm on your OnlyFans now. And I'm like, Great. love that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. Like, I love taking your money. But sure. like, I also want to really save those videos and like show him later or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah make him sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Okay, Jeremy. I just feel like this is going to be the worst question. Oh, this, this is the worst part. <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> but I had to put you in hot seat a little bit. And I did open up to, like, all the listener questions. And Riley and I took the time to comb through them all and take out the worst ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. They won't be too Or bad. at least rephrase the worst ones. Yeah, some people really need to. <laughs> sure. No, you have to. I, that's why I didn't really want to do this. No, I know. <laughs> you have to acknowledge that, like, I mean, we have to acknowledge that you are unfortunately right now the face of every strip club manager that every girl has ever had to deal right. with. And so we will do our best to ask 
you questions that pertain to you um, because I know that man, like managers work differently in mm-hmm. other places. Yeah. Um, but just do your best in answering either via opinion of you know other managers or just like your experience yourself, you know. Well, I can only speak for my. I don't know. I know sort of one other, one or two other managers, but mm-hmm. we actually don't talk shop. And I don't even barely know how they run their clubs. So yeah. Okay. Well, buckle up. Great. <laughs> All right, lovelies. That is where we are going to stop this first part of our two-part interview with Jeremy. I hope and know you guys are loving it. As I said, the second part will be up right now, and it's going to be your listener questions, Jeremy, tackling those as honestly and openly as possible, and it was so fun to hear his take on your guys' questions, and you guys are really going to enjoy it. But before you head over to part two, enjoy these couple of bloopers that we had while doing this first part of the interview. And I'll uh, see you over at part two. Thanks for listening. As always, have a wonderful week and happy whoring. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks. You're doing great. Thanks. Sweated through this t-shirt. Oh, you did? It's not visual. <laughs> no one's gonna know. Actually, I saw cameras here earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't this time. Why did I tell you that big <laughs> I was not mad. I haven't been crazy in many years. I'm old. She did the face. I just did the face too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's me. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, a boop. <laughs>